Welcome to the Legal One podcast, brought to you by Legal One, the leader in school law training in the state of New Jersey. Legal One is part of the NJPSA and FEA family, so we are thrilled to be offering this podcast to you as a way to help you gain a greater understanding of critical legal issues. We want to provide you with convenient, easy access to essential information. Each episode is 30 minutes or less, so it provides a timely way for you to get information. In each episode, we're going to be reviewing critical legal principles based on case law, statute, regulation, or other key guidance. We'll talk about why that issue matters today and how the law has evolved. We'll talk about key steps in working with parents and other critical stakeholders to positively address the issues in question. And we'll give you more information. We'll give you resources so that you can access online courses and other events and know how to get a greater level of understanding of these issues. So let's get started. And thank you so much for joining us for the Legal One podcast. Welcome to the Legal One podcast. My name is David Nash. I'm the director of the Legal One program. Today's episode is part of a 12-part series focused on reopening in the law. Today's episode, we're going to be examining school health protocols that school districts will be expected to implement for the fall of 2021. I'm very excited that we'll have with us today Dr. Wayne Yankis, who is a longtime school physician and a former president of the New Jersey chapter of the American Academy of Pediatrics. Dr. Yankis has been a great partner with us at Legal One and so much of the training that we have done related to school health. So Dr. Yankis, thank you as always for being with us today. Thank you, David. It's a pleasure to be here and be with you this afternoon and share information. We also have with us Rob Achera. Rob is the Director of Member and Board Services for New Jersey PTA and has been a wonderful partner with us on so many of our podcasts. We are very excited to be partnering with New Jersey PTA on our podcast series. So Rob, thank you again for being with us today. Thank you, Dave. New Jersey PTA truly honors the relationship that we have with New Jersey PSA and Legal One for these podcasts. So as we begin this conversation, it's important to understand where we are in the state of New Jersey. As we are recording this podcast on July 19th, we have certain public health protocols that are in place for school districts. We are very mindful of the fact that the situation is fluid in the state of New Jersey and across the nation when it comes to the health protocols related to COVID. So we are giving you the very latest information as of the date of our recording. We do know that the state of New Jersey issued its latest reopening guidance on June 28th, 2021, and that guidance does lay out the path forward for the fall of 2021. We do know that the New Jersey Department of Health and New Jersey Department of Education on July 7th did put out a survey of interest to school districts across the state of New Jersey to gauge the interest of districts in becoming involved in proactive testing of students and staff members to determine if we perhaps have asymptomatic individuals who might be COVID positive. Lots of complicated questions come with that potential involvement in testing. Also, lots of potential benefits come with that potential involvement in testing of students and staff members, and we'll discuss that today as well. We do know that on July 9, 2021, the latest guidance came out from the CDC addressing school reopening for the fall of 2021, and we will discuss some key aspects of that guidance as well. As we talk about public health protocols, we're also very aware that there are complicated issues related to vaccination of both employees and students. 
and that the vaccination status of an individual impacts the public health protocols that need to be followed if, for example, that person may have been exposed to another person with COVID. So Legal One has worked to put together some guidance on this set of questions. We do have an article on the NJPSA website that outlines the legal issues related to employee vaccination and lays out the legal standard for an employer to actually consider mandating vaccination for school employees. We recognize that that is an incredibly difficult decision for a school district to make, and we're certainly not advocating one way or another on that issue, but we do provide information and a legal analysis on the issue of potential employee vaccination. We also do provide, as a supplement to today's podcast, guidance from the EEOC on that particular question of employee vaccination. It's also important to be aware that the CDC has released updated guidance on the health protocols for individuals who are vaccinated and unvaccinated. And as we mentioned, there are some enhanced protocols that have to be put in place for those individuals who are unvaccinated, who have potential exposure to COVID. And we'll talk about those with Dr. Yankis. As school districts prepare for the reopening in fall of 2021, the full-scale reopening with virtually all of our students and staff members coming back into the buildings for the first time in a year and a half, we know that there are certain foreseeable legal issues that could arise. One of those issues is the perception that we might have from some students, from some parents, from some staff members even, that there are no longer any health protocols. And that is going to be a challenge for school districts in many aspects of our lives. We have seen a significant relaxation of health protocols. Many individuals are now freely moving about, certainly outside without masks on, but oftentimes inside as well at various establishments. And there are going to be some health protocols in place. There will be times when individuals will still be expected to wear masks in school, and we'll talk about that. So there will be this perception that there shouldn't be any protocols at all, and that will be a challenge. And that will lead to challenges related to enforcement. School leaders are going to have to send a clear message to all staff, to parents and students, that the health protocols that are in place for September 2021 will be enforced. It is critically important that we have consistent enforcement of those protocols. It is foreseeable that you're going to have some students who test limits. There might be a need for some disciplinary consequences for individuals who are not following protocols that could happen for staff members as well. It's also foreseeable that we're going to perhaps for the first time in in two years have a real cold and flu season this year. And many of the signs and symptoms that we see from individuals who have contracted a cold or the flu are very similar to the signs and symptoms that we would see for someone who has contracted COVID. So school districts are going to have to be prepared for that real possibility and the need to put in place protocols to isolate individuals who are showing signs that they may have contracted COVID. And that is going to be a challenge. It's going to be a challenge on many fronts, including just finding space in schools when we have all students and staff back in the building to deal with that quarantining. 
We also know, and we hope this does not happen for any school districts, but we know that there is the real potential for legal claims to arise if new infections occur in school districts and we see school districts that were not adhering to public health protocols and were not following best practices in order to ensure health and safety of students and staff. So we do know in the state of New Jersey, with the latest guidance that we have, that New Jersey as a state has said that the restrictions in place for school districts will not exceed CDC recommendations unless we see a substantial increase in hospitalization rates in the state. We hope that doesn't happen. There has been some concern in the data that we have been seeing over the summer, however, and that is an important issue that is being closely monitored. The governor, the New Jersey Department of Health and Department of Education have announced new health and safety protocols for the fall. One issue that the governor has said is that school districts should be promoting vaccination for all eligible students and staff. The issue of vaccination certainly should not in any way be a political issue. The science is clear that individuals who are vaccinated have a significantly reduced risk of contracting COVID, of becoming severely ill, of being hospitalized, of dying. And school districts should consider vaccination rates as one metric for determining the need for other health protocols like masking and social distancing. Now, it might be difficult to get this information, but it's important to try to get cooperation from staff members, from parents, from students about the level of vaccination that we have in our schools. The governor has also said it's important for school districts to continue to work very closely with local health departments because localized issues could occur. There could be localized outbreaks that require a specific response in one community or one region of the state. And we need to be able to work quickly to respond to those localized issues. And the governor has said that masks need to be encouraged for those who are not fully vaccinated. We do know, as of now, that there will be a mandate for students to wear masks on school buses, and that is going to be a real challenge to enforce that mandate. So school bus drivers are going to have to understand the critical nature of enforcing that requirement. They're going to have to communicate with school district administration. They're going to have to know the protocols to follow if there is some defiance, if there is some resistance to following the mask mandate. We do know that there will likely be further updates when it comes to mask guidance for the 2021-22 school year. So of course, it's important to continue to monitor that issue. As of now, we also know that school districts are being encouraged to make their best effort to maintain some level of social distancing. And the current recommendation is to maintain three feet of distance between students in the classroom to the greatest extent possible. Now, having a challenge with social distancing cannot be a reason that we decide that we're not opening as a school district. School districts will need to open in fall of 2021, but we do need to show that we're making the best effort we can to maintain social distancing. And that means things like instructing teachers to have desks facing forward, not grouping students for young students who have a nap time, arranging for students to be head to toe during that nap time, thinking about hallway traffic and reducing the amount of time that students spend passing each other during hallways. So many of the things that we had to put in place over this past year and a half, we still need to make our best effort to follow moving forward. We also know that the hygiene protocols we put in place made a huge difference, not only for 
COVID, but also for dramatically reducing the incidence of the flu and even colds. So maintaining those hygiene protocols will be critical moving forward. We also know that cleaning, disinfecting, and paying attention to ventilation systems in schools has made a big difference at promoting health and safety for students and staff members. And we need to continue that effort, continue the work that we're doing to have safe school environment, to make sure that we're cleaning and disinfecting and enhancing our ventilation systems and promoting airflow to the greatest extent possible. These are important steps that we can take that will reduce the potential danger. So there's so much to think about, so many potential issues for the fall, and it is more complicated because in many ways we're looking at best practices and best efforts as opposed to mandates. So let me bring you into the conversation, Dr. Yankis. How important will it be this fall for us to consistently enforce public health protocols, especially given the weariness that we all have about these protocols? It's critical that we enforce and that we make clear health protocols so that parents have accessible directions to follow and that the messaging is from one person or one committee and not fractured. We will achieve success in quashing this pandemic through vaccination, but especially through following instructions. Of course, as we're thinking about these issues, we know that with the common flu and the common cold, there are going to be signs and symptoms that look very much like COVID. And as we bring back large numbers of students and staff for the first time in the fall of 2021, can you talk about the real potential that we will have a cold and flu season and the challenges that could create for school districts? The pandemic doesn't really know. The virus doesn't know that school is starting. They don't know that school ended. So as long as there is a host to infect, the virus will persist. So what is going to be important is that kids and students or faculty that show signs of infection, whether it be a cold, influenza, or COVID, you have to sort that out through testing. So the same criteria we used during the school year this past year, that if you had two or more symptoms of COVID, you got tested. And that, in fact, will be what we should be doing as schools open in the fall. So as we consider the many challenges related to reopening in the fall and we think about health protocols for school districts, the governor has said that local communities can put in place some enhanced protocols. So Dr. Yankis, can you talk a little bit about the recent recommendations from the American Academy of Pediatrics and some of the issues that school districts should at least consider and think about when it comes to their health protocols? This morning, the American Academy of Pediatrics nationally recommended through its school health committee that all students in the fall and faculty be masked. The reason for that is that it's very difficult to sort through who is and who is not immunized, who refused and who got the immunization. And also we know that a significant portion of our kids in preschool through grade five under 12 won't be immunized until the winter, if at all. So the recommendation of the academy is to mask everyone going back to school. It's a small price to pay to keep the virus out of the school and create the contact tracing nightmares that we had before and sick children or sick faculty. The other is that testing is an issue that the New Jersey Department of Health has certainly put forward and other states have done the same. There are vendors out there that schools can contract with to come into a school building to do routine and regular testing to eliminate and quickly process those areas or pockets of disease 
and eliminate through quarantine the potential for spread of COVID within a school system. The good news is that the facilities are out there to do it. It does require a federal CLIA or laboratory license, which is somewhat of an issue. And the state of New Jersey, at least, has put three employees in the Department of Health aside to help schools do this. It is voluntary. The challenges, of course, relate to the fact of families that refuse to have their children cooperate or refuse to cooperate in the testing. And the fact that rapid testing is only 50 to 70% accurate. The PCR testing that we relied on during the last school year is the most accurate at 97%, and that often takes a day or two. And it's not entirely clear what happens to those students while we're waiting. We assume they will be absent. So there are challenges with testing, but it is something that the Department of Health is encouraging schools to look at, and there are funds for schools to begin setting up testing in their schools. And just to reinforce one of the potential benefits, Dr. Yankis, we do know that there are large numbers of individuals who can be asymptomatic, who may have COVID, but are still very capable of spreading it to others. And as you said, for a vast majority of our young students, they will not be vaccinated this fall. So can you talk about the benefit in dealing with those who are asymptomatic? Well, the benefit, of course, is if you're testing where we found most of our positive COVID cases were on sports teams in high school and middle school. These were largely, almost exclusively asymptomatic kids. We also found it in grades four, five, and six. So the important thing is the testing is going to eliminate those kids from circulating virus, even though they remain totally asymptomatic. That's the mystery of this coronavirus is you're not all sick who carry the virus. So it's going to be important that testing be a part of it. On the other hand, we have to maintain virus mitigation, hygiene, as you've said, hand washing, distancing where possible. We've done the ventilation work that needs to continue in place as best possible. And of course, as long as there is a susceptible host, there will be a pandemic and there will be this virus. The way we get out of this pandemic will be to vaccinate our way out and encourage vaccination for all students when eligible. So when the winter rolls around, if the vaccine is available to students who are younger than 11, schools should encourage students to be immunized in the primary and elementary grades. Thank you so much, Dr. Yankis. Those are all incredibly important considerations for us as we move forward. So Rob Achara, let me bring you into the conversation now. Of course, there is nothing more important than the health and safety of our children. So can you talk a little bit about what you see as the greatest area of concern that parents have related to health and safety this fall? I think this could have many different answers. I think for a large sector of parents, it's going to be very similar to how it was last year. But the difference this year is most schools, as we know, going back, all students in the school having lunch in a cafeteria or lunch in the classrooms, this didn't happen last year. For many cases across the state, a lot of students didn't go back to school, even if they did until maybe the last semester. And in those cases, a lot of them were going half days, they left right before lunchtime, or they grabbed lunch and took it home. So I think a big issue and concern is going to be how our schools going to be able to keep clean the same level that they were being cleaned last year when they had a Wednesday off to do the cleaning, or they were doing active cleaning over the weekends, when now there's a cafeteria in use with students eating day in and day out and multiple lunch periods throughout the day. And then I think on the other side, 
It's going to be parents that are going to be nervous for, say, those that their children are actively staying safe and social distancing outside of school with the students that are now where parents may not be as strict with those issues. So those are very important considerations. I would imagine, Rob, that it will be really important for school districts to be transparent and bring parents into the planning process as plans are being put in place for the fall. Most definitely. Last year, at this time, school districts were actively putting their plans together using their committees that were all made up of parents, a lot of them having PTA representation on them. I think an issue that may arise this year and school districts need to remember is how much they did communicate and brought stakeholders into the conversation last year, where at this time I feel like they're pushing through their back to school plans much, much earlier this year when the case may, I won't call any districts out, but I you know, have heard on different Board of Education meetings where superintendents are just updating the plan and proposing it to their Board of Educations to approve without stakeholder input. So I would urge school boards when they're talking to their superintendents or whomever in the school districts that are creating these plans to be sure that they are insisting that these plans not be approved until the proper stakeholders are included And of course, we know as we talk about the concerns of parents that parents have a wide range of views, a wide range of concerns on these issues, where you might have some parents who are very concerned that the health protocols are not strong enough. You also might have some parents who feel like any health mandates could be going too far. So any thoughts about how school districts can address parents who feel like, for example, even on a bus, we should not be mandating the wearing of a mask we're going to have, you know, a a wide range of views on these issues. This is definitely a hard question to answer. There's just so many views across our state from school district to school district, from, you know, house to house. Everyone is doing things differently. Some people feel like the pandemic's over with the vaccine here, that we're much safer. And as you said, some people still are being very protective and social distancing and wearing masks wherever they go. So I think it's going to be hard for a lot. And, you know, I see, we see it and we hear it now at many school board meetings across the state. May they still be virtual, may they be hybrid, may they be in person. Lines and lines of people during public comment section speaking their mind on this exact question. And at the end of the day, we need to remember, and we don't hear this fully through all the school districts across the state right now, but the Department of Health and the Department of Education have the most advanced processes to make sure to follow the cases that are happening that uh, individual school district may not. So, you know, even as soon as Governor Murphy these past few weeks, he said that, you know, masks would be optional in schools, you know, superintendents were immediately sending out notifications that, you know, masks will be optional in their school district. And then as things are happening and as updates are happening with the new variants coming out, you know, now masks are going to be required on buses. Masks will be required a lot. We hear masks are going to be required in elementary schools, especially because children under the age of 12 still can't get the vaccine. So they are going to be very vulnerable where in some cases people don't feel that children pass the vaccine. So we urge our members 
to listen to what their school boards are saying. And we urge everyone across the state, school board members, administration, faculty, and parents to just have faith in the system and have faith that if we listen to the science and if we listen to the facts that are happening from the professionals that are charged with making these decisions, that hopefully we can soon enough and not too soon be able to go back to school full-time to, I won't say back to normal as we had it pre-COVID, but back to it looking very similar to it was pre-COVID if we just follow the procedures and rules that are set in place. So Dr. Yankis, I would imagine that it's very important to be putting out the latest scientific and medical information to make sure your school physician, your school nurses, your local department of health are important partners as we're communicating with parents over this summer and preparing for the fall? Yeah, I would agree. And, and certainly I would agree with Rob. The most important thing locally is your department of health is in charge of this pandemic and they work with the schools. We need the clear messaging. And I think that's what has been so confusing for parents this year is that there have been messages from superintendents and messages from the Board of Health. And, and my words that I've used throughout this pandemic have been, we need to be appropriate, we need to be nimble, and we need to be ready to pivot. Because again, when the cold weather comes and we go back indoors, what we say today, in fact, could be very different. And so I, I would agree that this is very confusing for families. And that's why I'm saying the messenger should be clear and the messaging should be clear, but with the proviso that what we say today could be different tomorrow. And I agree with Rob, we don't really use the word normal anymore or return to normal because this is normal. This is what we're doing now and this is normal. What we will be like in 2022 will be 2022's normal. We will never probably ever go back to 2019. We've learned about hand hygiene. We've learned about distancing. We've learned about ventilation. We learned that we only had 2,000 cases in the state of New Jersey of influenza all year. And we've seen over the summer, colds have come back. We know that flu will come back because we've relaxed these provisos for public health. So again, what is normal today is normal now. What is normal tomorrow will be different. But I support the fact that active participation with your PTA, with your Board of Education is critical, but it isn't contentious. We're all in this together, and it is for the health and safety of our children and families. Remember, this virus, children carried to adults, whereas with influenza, it is the same thing. Children often give it to adults. And in this case, adults often sometimes gave it to children. So it is important we're all clear on what we do to keep one another well, educated, and in school. My hope for the school year is that we are nimble, we get ready to pivot, and we do what is appropriate. Those are great points, Dr. Yankis. Rob, any final thoughts on how schools can work together with parents to build a climate of trust as we are looking to put in place common sense protocols in order to protect everyone's health and safety? Thinking back to a year ago when these committees were meeting and so many students were entering the buildings that were able to open in, back in September of 2020, that school districts and parents alike think back to then and use the same framework and the same collaboration efforts and the same mindset that we had back then to allow for these plans to be put in place and how schools are going to open September of 2021. Because without that collaboration and without that teamwork in place, there's going to be parents that are not feeling comfortable 
And there's going to be parents that are going to not want to send their students to school when there's unfortunately maybe not another option for them this year like there was last year. And there's going to be parents that are going to be so frustrated with things that are happening with their students still having to wear masks or their students, you know, having to social distance. So in this case, we want to look at the past and what happened a year ago and try to mimic that to ensure that everyone is on the same page and that the staff, the students are safe in the building each and every day. So with that, let me thank our two wonderful guests, Dr. Wayne Yankis and Rob Achera. We know that these are incredibly complicated issues and it's so important for parents, students, school officials to work closely together to ensure the health and safety of all involved. For those who would like more information regarding these issues, including the latest guidance from the New Jersey Department of Health, the CDC, New Jersey Department of Education, we encourage you to go to the Legal One website, www.njpsa.org slash Legal One NJ. We also encourage you to go to the wonderful website for New Jersey PTA at www.njpta.org. They have been a wonderful partner with us on our podcast. And finally, we encourage you to go to the website of the New Jersey chapter of the American Academy of Pediatrics. We have worked very closely with NJAAP regarding health protocols for our schools. And their website is www.njaap.org. Again, we thank you for your commitment to protecting the health and safety of our children. Be safe, be well, and we look forward to having you with us for a future episode of the Legal One podcast. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you would like more information on the topics we covered, a full list of episodes, or a preview of upcoming topics, please visit our website at www.njpsa.org legal1nj.